We're going to continue our series. We started a few weeks ago. We're going to talk about the third part of You're Too Old for This. Words no adolescence loves to hear, right? No one likes to hear, you're too old for this. You're too old for that toy. You're too old to be acting this way. You're too old to be throwing a tantrum. You're too old to be this immature. No one likes hearing that as you're growing up. And I think sometimes we have to, it's necessary to tell our children, you're too old. I shouldn't have to tell you to take a shower. Get in there and take a shower. I shouldn't have to tell you to use deodorant. Get in there and use some deodorant. Any mom say amen, right? You know what I'm talking about. Today, I think it's important that we also have times when we say, all right, as a pastor, I want to say sometimes we are too old for this. We're too old to have this week of faith. We're too old not to be following the Spirit. We're too old not to be submitting more to the Lord. We're too old not to learn to hear His voice. If I told you today, you know what? If I'm out of shape and I said to you, you know what? I'm going to jump in the gym and I'm going to get fit before summer. What would you say to me? Too late. In case you didn't know, summer was Thursday. was the first day of summer. And, but yet every summer it happens that gyms get filled up in the middle of June. That people are like, I'm going to get back in shape before summer. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to tell you. You didn't get here overnight, and you're not going to fix it overnight. To get fit, it takes commitment, doesn't it? To get in right shape, physical shape, it takes commitment. And it's not something you can start at the beginning of the summer, or honestly, not even in the beginning of spring. It's something that has to happen back in the wintertime. You got to say, all right, I, I, my goal is to get fit before the summer. I'm going to start back here in the winter so I can start being committed. And it takes commitment. And you don't, you don't lose 25 pounds overnight. You lose 25 pounds by losing one pound a week over 25 weeks. That's how we do it. You stay committed to the small things. I think this is how we have got to understand that kingdom is about commitment. Spiritual maturity is about commitment. You don't just wake up one day and say, I'm spiritually mature. I listen to a podcast, I'm mature. Well, I read my Bible all week, I'm mature. Those may be things that will help you mature and they may help you accelerate your, your growth, but they don't make you mature. There is no quick fix. It's all about commitment. It's all about commitment. Spiritual growth takes commitment. Look at Jeremiah 18. This is a great story. I love this. This is the word that came to Jeremiah the prophet from the Lord. He said, go down to the potter's house. There I will give you my message. So Jeremiah went down to the potter's house and I saw, this is what he said, I saw the potter working on the wheel, but the pot he was shaping from clay was marred. It was deformed in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. And then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, O Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand. So this is what we see happening here 
that God puts a high value and he says, Jeremiah, this is what I want to do to my children. I want to reshape them. As the potter reshapes the clay, so do I want to reshape you. If you don't understand this, you must get this in your heart today. God puts a really, really high value on not just blessing us, not just using us. God puts even a higher value on making us and reshaping us. This is where spiritual maturity happens. But God uses me. Well, if you read the scripture, God used the jackass. So I'm just saying, that's a true story, read it. He reeled a little, a little donkey, he used it. I'm just saying, turn to your neighbor and say, if God can use a donkey, he can use you. Just because God uses you doesn't mean you're mature. Just because you have giftings, as we talked about a few weeks ago, doesn't mean you're spiritual mature. He gave us those giftings. See, the problem is this. Remember this statement. We said it two weeks ago. The problem is we want God to use us, but not make us. See, spiritual maturity is not just God bless me, use me. Spiritual maturity is God make me. And we don't like that because there's some stretching that happens. There's some reshaping that happens. You get to stay on the potter's wheel longer than you anticipated. There's things that happen in your life and you don't, we don't like getting remoted. It's not a, a, a refining process is not really pretty, is it? But it's necessary if we want for God to use us the way he wants to use us, we must let him reshape us into the person he's calling us to be. I remember one time I had a guy come to me several years ago and he said, Pastor, he goes, man, just listening to you, I just, I'm ready to change my life. I feel like God's got a call on my life. I want God to use me. Man, I, I can see myself preaching to the thousands of people. I can see, God showed me a vision. And he, God showed me a vision. He was so excited. He goes, what do I need to do next? And I looked at him with all sincerity and I said this. Well, what you need to do is go break up with your girlfriend and go back and reconcile with your wife, and then you can talk about God using you. Well, he didn't like hearing that message. He, he left sad. Now, I'm happy to tell you that happened eventually, and he did do that. But at the time, he didn't like that. He was ready to jump into the God use me stage and he didn't want God to remake him, reform him so that God can make him the vessel he was calling him to be. See, people, everybody gets glamour, especially in today's society with, with Instagram and Facebook and social media. Everybody likes the spotlight and the, the, the glamour of God using me. I mean, we can't even give away free lunch without putting it on Facebook, right? Look how I blessed the homeless man. We're so caught up in that. No, being used to God requires me to be remade. If I'm going to be effective for the kingdom in the long haul, he's got to set me up for spiritual maturity because if you want God to use you over and over again, you're going to be the target of the enemy. You're going to have people talking about you. You're going to have people backstabbing you. You're going to have people misrepresent you. Things are going to happen. And if your character can't handle that, 
You won't last. And so he, he's got to remake us to the point where we're not about giving us the glory. It's about everything I do gives God the glory. It points to Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Was the clay messed up or did the potter mess up in this story? Did the potter mess up making the, the pot or was the clay messed up? It says the clay was marred. That means it was flawed. It had imperfections in it. So it wasn't that the potter messed up. It was that we are messed up. Come on now. We got to remember that. If you want to know something, your pastor's messed up. But because I've stayed on the potter's wheel, God has continued to reshape my imperfections. God is changing me. And every season, I allow him to reshape me into the leader, into the husband, into the man of God he's calling me to be. And it requires I stay right there in the potter's hands. Let me ask you a question today. Are you moldable? Are you flexible? I'm not as flexible as I used to be. <laughs> I told someone this morning, I said, I got up and nothing hurt. It was a great day. I'm not as flexible as I used to be. But how many know it's important? As we grow in spiritual maturity, we stay moldable. What's that mean? That means that if God, you want to change me, you have every right to change me. God, if you want to change me, I say yes, and I'm ready. Yes, God, use me however you deem necessary. You see the imperfections of my life way before I see them. Change them, God. Reshape me, God. See, spiritual maturity allows God to reshape you and to remold you. That's what spiritual maturity looks like. The problem is this. We want to jump off the potter's wheel way too much. We had a good service. I was feeling it. Woo! Pastor, you guys were singing my song. God was touching me today. And, and something happened. We had a great service. They're like, I'm ready. I'm ready. And we want to jump off the potter's wheel and take off. And God wasn't done with me yet. See, the longer I stay on the potter's wheel, the more God, and let me tell you, the potter's wheel is not a one-time thing. It's not a one-time process. If you're a Christian today, I'm continually allowing God to put me on the potter's wheel and to remake me, reshape me. Are you staying on the potter's wheel? Come on, turn to your neighbor and ask him that question. Are you staying on the potter's wheel? Remember, spiritual immaturity says, God, give me. Give me. Give me mine. The prodigal, give me mine. Give me mine. But when he came back, he said, make me, Father, as one of your own. Make me one, as one of your servants. That was maturity. Immaturity said, give me mine. I want it now. Spiritual maturity says, God, make me. God, mold me. God, reshape me. So what's the difference from hard clay and soft, moldable clay. What's the difference between your, your heart being hard and your heart remaining soft? The amount of your heart do you surrender to the potter? That's the difference. And if you understand scripture, it was Jesus says we're to love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. All. And the more I 
give, the more pliable I become. The more I give of my heart to God, the more he can shape my heart and to the person he's calling me to be, the vessel he wants me to be. All right, I made another equation today. You guys love these math equations, so I thought I'd make it again today. Knowledge, look at this. Knowledge plus an unwilling heart, unwilling clay, produces no growth. I don't know why I'm not growing. Ding, 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 right here. Those watching online, read right here, there you go, yeah. Knowledge plus a willing clay equals what? Changing growth. So for many of us here, we've got the knowledge down. It's the second part of the equation we struggle with. And sometimes we have the willing part and not the knowledge. It's, they go together. We need knowledge and we need time to season, yes. But we also gotta have a willing heart our life has got to be willing for God to mold me, willing for God to stretch me, and willing for God to place me in the middle of the fire to refine me when necessary. I don't understand why I'm going through this hard season. Could it be that the potter is taking you off the wheel and sticking you right into the middle of the fire so he could refine what he's already begun in your life? And when he pulls you out of the fire, come on now, you're not going to be just some any old pot of clay, but you're going to be something hardened for the Lord. You're going to be a vessel that God can begin to pour out and use and that he can pour into because now you begin to get strength and he can begin to pour into your vessel more so you can be poured out more. Come on now, I'm telling you, you got to understand that when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of my life, God begins to mold me and make me. When you follow the Holy Spirit in your life, God can begin to mold and make you. I can have all the knowledge in the world. I can read scripture all day long and have all the knowledge about his word. I can take notes on every sermon I've ever heard. I can pull them up on my phone. I've got notebooks at home full of notes. But if I don't submit to the Holy Spirit in my life, it's just knowledge. It's just knowledge. It's not going to become activated until I learn to submit to the Holy Spirit in my life. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying the Bible without the Holy Spirit is no good. Knowledge without the Holy Spirit is no good. No taking without the Holy Spirit is no good. Why? Because there is no power without the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.18, look what it says. But we all with unveiled faces behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We've been reading this verse throughout this series. Today we're going to get to the last part of it. Are being what? Transformed into the same image from where level to level from glory to glory. How? Let's read it. As by the Spirit of the Lord. How do I go from showing God's image and transforming and becoming more like Jesus and going from level to level? By the power of the Spirit. 
This is what transforms me is the power of the Spirit. So how? Look at this. So how am I transformed? By the Spirit. This is how I'm transformed. By the Spirit. Knowledge without the Holy Spirit is useless. Remember when Jesus spent time training his interns? Oh, his disciples? He called the 12 disciples and they spent every day with him, eating, walking, traveling, teaching, ministering, healing, seeing signs and wonders and miracles, seeing Jesus confront the religious community. He saw, they saw demons cast out. They saw instant healings. They saw leprosy disappear. They saw blinded eyes open. They saw people being raised from the dead. I mean, you're talking about an internship that would be like, wow. I mean, what an internship. Three years every day with Jesus. And when Jesus left, what did he tell them? All right, you ready to go? No, no. Before you go, what do you say? Wait. After three years of intense training, Jesus said, now wait. Go and wait. Go. I don't know about you, but after three years of intense training, I'll be like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's do this thing. I am. I'm ready. That's how many of us are. Pastor Gene, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. And Jesus said, wait. You're not ready yet. You've got the knowledge. You've heard me teach on the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard me teach on the Beatitudes. You've heard the parables. You've heard, you've seen, and you've even witnessed the resurrection and the crucifixion and the resurrection, and you understand all these things. You have it all. Your theology, you've got a now, you've got a well-rounded understanding of the kingdom of God. You understand what I was teaching you. It's all come to life. You've seen it firsthand, but you're still not ready. Wait. Wait, don't go out yet. What was he telling him to wait? Well, in 2 Timothy 3, 5, look what it says here. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. That wouldn't be happening now, is it? Okay. They're lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasting, they're proud, they blaspheme. Well, things are happening, right? Disobedient to parents, they're unthankful, doesn't stop there. Unholy, unloving, unforgiving. They slander without self-control. They're just brutal. They despise good. They're traitors, they're headstrong, they're, they're haughty. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Is that happening now? There's nothing on the list that's not happening right now in society. Look what it says. They're having a form of godliness, but deny his power. See, we're, we're in a time, church, where people want to have a form of godliness. Can, can I go ahead and just preach a little bit this morning? Is that all right? Because I, I think what happens, let me just put, there's people who will check in on Facebook there's people who will take a picture of your outfit in, in the women's bathroom. That's why we got that big mirror there. Make you look good. I'm glad you're doing that. That's what it's there for, ladies. I'm glad you're posting. You're at church. But listen, it's not just about posting you're at church. 
It's just not about checking in on Facebook. It's just not about taking notes. It's just not about being able to say I went to church and did my religious duty for the week. If you have a form of godliness and you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, you're missing it. You're missing it. Without the power, you're just going through the motions. Without the power, you're walking out of here not changed. Without the power, you're not going to be reshaped and remolded into the person God's calling us to be. You've got to have the power. Quit denying the power of God. Don't be ashamed of the power of God. Come on, stand up for the power of God. I'm telling you today, God wants you to understand there's a power in the name of Jesus. You've been given spiritual authority. You've been given power by the Holy Spirit. All right now. Come on, somebody. Mm -hmm. All right now. Mm -hmm. All right. There we go. All right. The only way to break an addiction is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way to break bad habits is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way to break the power of sin in your life is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way to forgive somebody who doesn't deserve it is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way to step out of your comfort zone is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Many people are waiting. I am waiting, Pastor. I know. I meet people all the way, all the time who are waiting Waiting for the next podcast. Just waiting, man. I got, I got to hear this person. Oh, I can't wait till they come out with a new podcast. They, they've got the spiritual revelation. Many people are waiting. I can't wait for the, the new book. I've got to get the new book by this Christian author. And I've been waiting for this. I've got to get this book. It's going to be life-changing. I've been waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on this book. And Many people are waiting for the next big evangelist. Many people are waiting for the next big revival. Many people are waiting for the next big uh, internet preacher. Many people are waiting for the next hottest church to come around. Many people are waiting. Many people are waiting for the new worship album to drop because I want to experience what I experienced in that last album. I want, I want to see if it's going to be good as well. Listen, those things are all good and have their place. But how many know we don't we need to stop waiting on a book and an album and on the next evangelist? We need to stop waiting on a revival that's going to happen across the country. We need to stop waiting on something that's going to come. We need to begin to wait on the Holy Spirit. That's where the waiting begins. When you begin to wait on the Holy Spirit, your life begins to get empowered and transformed. We need to wait on the Holy Spirit. Stop waiting on somebody else to give you a revelation that God wants to give to you personally. God wants you to wait on the Holy Spirit. You want to read a book that will change and transform your life? Write this down. It's, I'm telling you. You want some inside information. This book will change the church. This book will change your life. It's called the book of Acts. It's one of the books found in your bibliography right here, this, the Bible. We've got the book of Acts. Read that book about how they waited to be empowered. And once they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, they set the world on fire. You want to wait for something? Wait on the Holy Spirit. 
You want to read something that's going to change and transform your life? Read the book of Acts. Go and wait for the promise is what he told them. Go, I know you've been equipped. I know you've heard the teachings. I know you've taken the notes, but go and wait on the Holy Spirit. There, you're going to receive the promise and you'll be endued with power. They had the knowledge of the word and they had the knowledge of the living word, but they were wait, they were missing something. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, the wait. Acts 1, let's read verses 4 and 5 and verse 8. And being with them, this is what Jesus commanded them not to depart. Don't go, wait, from Jerusalem, see? But to, let's say it together, wait. Wait for the promise. And we know the promise is the Holy Spirit. But wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you have heard from me. John truly baptize you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And, look, and after that happens, he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you then will be my witnesses, not just here locally, but around the world. You will be my witness. If you don't understand this, you must understand this. The Holy Spirit is the secret ingredient. I can't understand what's missing out of my life. Pastor, I'm attending church, I'm taking notes, I'm praying, and I'm reading. What's missing? The Holy Spirit. You've got to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You've got to have a life surrendered to the Holy Spirit. What's missing is the power of the Holy Spirit. It's what ignites all the things. The Holy Spirit is what puts into power everything God has taught us, everything we're learning, everything we want to walk out is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Well, pastor, I was taught growing up, the church I went to, that the Holy Spirit wasn't relevant for today. Well, let me tell you, they were wrong. The Holy Spirit is as much relevant for today as it's ever been since the day it was poured out on the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is still relevant today for anyone who wants to receive it, for anybody who wants to use it and a life surrendered. The Holy Spirit is to empower you and I. I wasn't taught that. You are taught wrong. Later on, God willing, this year, I'm going to do a whole series. It's one of the most important series. If you've never heard it before, I, I do it every so often here. I call it the three-in-one series. We're going to talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit and their roles in our life. So how many want to learn about the Holy Spirit? Would you like an extended study on the Holy Spirit? Okay, we're going to be talking about it. So be ready. But you've got to understand, it is real for today. The Holy Spirit is still there for those who want that. How do I go on the mission field and make a difference? It's the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you, there's been times when I've gone on the mission field and I didn't understand the language. And I'm thinking, God, how am I going to communicate? And I have a translator who's speaking broken, you know, a little bit broke. I don't know what he's preaching. 
So just the honest God truth. One time I was preaching a sermon, and I was preaching at a big church in, in Manaus, Brazil, down the Amazon. And then I got done. They put me in a car and took me right across town where they've been worshiping, waiting for me to get there. I walk in. There's about 1,500 people there. They're just waiting for me to preach. And I get up to preach, and my interpreter won't come out. She's got stage fright. They got me an interpreter from the university who did, doesn't even attend church. So finally I have to go grab his hand. I bring him out and I'm trying to preach on, on giving God your all. And I'm preaching a very simple story about a little boy who gave up his loaves, all of his loaves of bread and his fish to the Lord. And he gets up and says, the little boy gave him all his clothes. That's how it translated. Everybody's laughing. They're like, Pastor G, the boy got naked. He gave him everything. I don't know. But you know what? It was through the power of the Holy Spirit. I gave an altar call. All of a sudden, God began to move. People were healed. People were hungry. And I don't know what I was doing. I was just praying. And the Holy Spirit took over. And God began to minister. Why? Because it's not about me. It's not even about my English or my Portuguese. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the difference maker. It was the Holy Spirit who was touching and transforming lives. I understand that. See, when we, we preach in English, sometimes we think maybe it was something I prepared. No, 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 no. It's not me. It's always the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the difference maker. Can I mess with your theology this morning? Is it okay if I mess with your theology this morning? Okay. I hope you're ready for this, all right? You ready for this? Okay, let's look at this. Being a Spirit-filled believer is not about how much of the spirit we have, but how much does the spirit have of you? Ooh, that goes against all theology the way I was, I was raised. I can tell you that right now. Because I, I was raised, send it on down, send it on down. God, let the Holy Ghost come on down. We want more, we want more, we want more, we want more, we want more. But it does no good to get more if I'm not pliable. It does no good for God to pour more if he can't fit anything else into my life because I got all my other junk crowded out. See, more of the Holy Spirit requires of the Holy Spirit to have more of me. That's where it's at. If you don't know something, when you surrender your life to Jesus, the Bible says that God breathes new life into us. And the Holy Spirit begins to get transported into my life. And the more I learn to yield to it and say, Holy Spirit, have your way into my life, the more I can begin to walk in his power. Submission. Being filled with the Spirit is more than a one-time experience. Being filled with experience is a daily submission. I know too many people to put being filled with experience. Well, I remember in 1989, I received my gift of speaking in a spiritual language, and I was, I was great. We need that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, what have you done since then? Are you submitting since then? It's a daily submission. I know you felt it. I felt it, woo! And the problem with when you feel it and you think that's what the Holy Spirit is, then you go around chasing a feeling the rest of your life. Because you put God into a feeling, but I felt it. Yeah, listen, you can't, you can't have experience with the Holy Spirit and not feel something. 
I've been there. That's a great thing when that happens. I love it when that happens. But I want you to know there's times I don't feel it and he's working just as strong in my life and he's not leaving me nor forsaking me. And when I submit to the Holy Spirit and walk it out, even when I don't feel it, I'm walking as a mature believer. As we get ready to close today, I spend a lot of time with people and there's been people who I spent time with who want to take my time and they want me to pour into them and I do that only for them to never use an ounce of what I'm telling them. And every time I see them, they want to take my time. If I see them in a store, at a restaurant, in the gym, wherever, they want to, they want to, I can always know if I'm going to see them, it's going to be about a 40 minute conversation and they're going to suck me right into the drama and I'm going to try to help them out. They want me to tell them, but they'll never apply one thing I teach them. What do you think happens? Pretty soon I'm like, I think I'll go around this aisle because I see that person over there. And I'm just not going to waste my time. They don't listen to anything. And there's other people I spend time with. And they're like sponges. Just can't get enough. And when you tell them something, they... You know what, I tried that, it's working. Hey, I'm using that, it's working. You know what that makes me wanna do? It makes me wanna tell them more. It makes me wanna spend more time with them. It makes me wanna disciple them even more because they are serious. See, this is the way it is about the Holy Spirit in my life. The Holy Spirit's here, but he ain't gonna speak if I'm not applying it. He's not gonna speak if I'm not obeying. He's not gonna speak if I'm not saying, yes, God, I'm ready. Holy Spirit, lead me today. See, as I yield and begin to do what he says, the more he'll speak and lead my life. How does this work, Pastor? The Holy Spirit is, if you're a believer today, the Holy Spirit's inside of you. Receive him. Say, God, baptize me. Again, fresh and new. What's that mean? That means I want to be submerged in your spirit. I don't want it just to dwell in my heart. I want it to overflow out of my life in a way that it runs from the top of my head through my feet and my hands and comes out at my mouth. I want the Holy Spirit to saturate me. Stand on your feet today. If you're ready for the Holy Spirit to saturate you right now, I want you just to say, that's me, Pastor. I want the Holy Spirit to saturate my life. Raise your hand right now where you're at. If that's you, you want that? Keep your hand raised. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Be baptized fresh and anew in the Holy Spirit right now. I'm praying to God, you are doing something new in our life right now. God, I'm calling out the Holy Spirit. We're saying yes right now to the Holy Spirit in our life. Yes, Holy Spirit, use me. Yes, Holy Spirit, guide me. Yes, Holy Spirit, I'm ready. Yes, Holy Spirit, I'm ready. Yes, Holy Spirit, I'm ready.